morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us. And today we have a very special guest, the man who has expanded the knowledge of thousands around the world, also known as the leader of the Wolf Pack. Waters Above is joining us this morning to break down all the latest updates for 2023. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Bank of America's CEO has come out in support of crypto, but not anonymous money, as a new concept of a digital ID is being released on Chainlink, allowing zero-knowledge proof of IDs. Solana and Ripple are coming together to create solutions for carbon emissions, as Google Cloud is announcing it will be running a validator on Tezos. MasterCard is now allowing payment settlement in USDC stablecoin, while Kevin O'Leary is warning investors to stay away from the SEC. And as crypto regulation is finally hitting the American markets, we break down the details, asking our special guests what to anticipate for 2023. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got to go quickly with these introductions because we got a bunch of news to get into for today. But how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great for two reasons. One, I got a new camera. I can now do this and I don't go out of focus no more. And I actually got some color. And number two, I'm so excited because we got waters above in the house today. Today is 2 2 2 23. A lot of twos. I can't wait to see what that means. Can't wait to hop into it. Good morning, everybody. Love you guys. Gonzo, it feels like it's been forever since I've seen your face, my man. How you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm happy you're back on the show. I'm feeling good, man. I, I was sick for a few days, so I was out of pocket. So it's good to be back. I was just telling Waters uh, before the show started, I was out uh, at night at work and, and this very top of this hill, and there's not a lot of ambient light. And I looked up at the sky, and I could see the moon, Venus, and then Jupiter was super bright in the sky. And I thought it was just kind of fitting because I knew I, we had Waters on the show this morning. So it's going to be a great show. That's pretty awesome, Gonzo and Waters. Another beautiful day in the Matrix, my friend. Always happy to have you on the show. How are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Um. Doing amazing, feeling better every day. I'm glad to be uh, reconnecting with you guys and uh, on a special date, 222. With that being said, guys, we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is up one basis point from yesterday. Sitting in greed, when we look across the board, it's a red day. STX is up 25%, and that's one of our only daily movers. The total Bitcoin market cap is sitting at $1.08 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is performing bearishly this morning, sitting at $23,700. Ethereum, $1,600. XRP is $0.38. Cents. Cardano is $0.38. Cents. Avalanche is $20. And we're going to scroll down to Quant Network, sitting at $131. But Waters, I want to kick it right back to you, my friend. There's been a lot of turbulence and a lot of rumors circulating around the XRP community. And this was the latest update we got from David Schwartz last night. So for anybody who's not aware, this is a little cool breaking news we got here. So David Schwartz changed his header on his Twitter account to this quote I'm about to read. It said, Ripple, when a scrappy financial startup takes on a web of corruption and betrayal to bring instant payment to the masses, they learn that the cost of distributing the status quo is higher than they could have ever imagined, forcing them to decide between their vision and survival. So Waters, I think that's a great theme for 2023. How are you? How are you looking at everything that's going on with the SEC? 
We know we saw them go after Ripple originally, but now they're going after exchanges and even claiming that they want to make JP Morgan and Bank of America the settlement issuers of America. So I'd like to hear what sticks out to you and then we'll dive into some articles. Yeah, I mean, I like how he's trying to make it seem like the people that work in the government aren't a bunch of his cousins and uncles. <laughs> people need to learn that these guys are all in cahoots <laughs> with each other. They're all family, you know, like that's that's the way it is. So I know it breaks people's hearts because they want to think that there's some kind of some kind of good guys out there running the show with these technocratic companies. But once you wake up to the fact that it's all inter interwoven and it's all by design and they give these key positions to people that are in their family, you know, family and friends. That's how the market has always worked, too. If you study the stock market, you're going to see clearly that what what allows people to get away with anything is uh, because of ties together by family, friends, etc. So you go go look deeper into Chris Larson and Brad Garlinghouse and even the guy that was original uh, in it all, Beto. There's a bunch of people that are involved with um with Ripple and even Stellar Lumens. And you start really connecting the dots and I'm sure you're going to see that they're all more alike. They're all playing on the same squad. And this SEC case was purely ritual and it was done on purpose. And it's a huge opportunity for everyone. So I wouldn't get too caught up in, in uh, any of this kind of stuff. And I would just keep your focus on your investment strategy, you know, your investment thesis and just keep taking action. Waters, you brought up something important, which is that there are narratives between a, a fake good guy and a fake bad guy. And we've seen it with the SEC, with Hester Pierce and Gary Gensler. A lot of times people working in the same agency, they come out and they're critical of one another. But at the end of the day, it's all just for public perception. And we're seeing that right before our eyes. As the United States government in 2015 actually concluded XRP was a virtual currency. And the last he checked, Stuart Alderati, the lead lawyer for Ripple, he said the SEC is still part of the U.S. government. So when you talk about it all being for... Johnny, when you talk about it all being WWE, I'd love to get your opinion. I do have some articles I want to get into, but I thought this was worth addressing. Do you have any takes on David Schwartz playing with us here and changing his Twitter header to this nefarious take? Uh, well, of course. Um, I wasn't sure if you were asking for me or Johnny, but yeah, I was of asking course. for Johnny. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, I thought you yeah. were asking. Right, what did you go first? I talk enough on this show. No, I think you pointed out something awesome, like, and you just showed some evidence. But yeah, they they it's just what johnny brought up this is world wrestling you know it's it is i call it wwe as well it's all it is you know bread and circus and they get you to think whatever they need you to think so that they could perform what they're doing behind the scenes and luckily enough you know you guys are enlightened and you're sharing a very highly uh aware perspective on on what's happening here and you're inviting guests on that are aware and that's all you got to do you know just keep spreading the spreading the knowledge Absolutely, Johnny. I'm going to kick it right to you before we dive into the show. What do you think about David Schwartz trading his Twitter header? And we're about to show our listeners how Solana and Ripple are working on carbon credits while the United States is claiming they're deciding on this technology. Yeah, I guess the script writers wanted to, you know, have a little more entertainment this year in 2023. So we're going to get some. Uh, we certainly know, though, that the 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 script this year, Abs, is going to be taking down the exchanges, and we've seen Gary already reacting to that. And putting pressure on all of them. But again, you know, like I said, it's all part of the plan. So you just have to understand the game. Um, and, and I don't like to spend a lot, of, a lot of time talking about it because it doesn't help doing that. Where I like to spend time talking about is what do you do to play in the game? Because that's the only thing that matters. So you, you understand the rules. And when you understand the rules, then you figure out how do you navigate to, um, 
to put yourself in a position to gain generational wealth. That's what we're all trying to do here. I mean, nobody's trying. You can't stop what they're doing. You just have to figure out how you play along. So obviously David, you know, wants to change the narrative and make it look like they're struggling, going through a hard time. But again, the late, great George Carlin said it best abs. And I'm going to repeat it again. There's one big club and you and I ain't in it. God. So I'm about to show our listeners a really interesting video of Chainlink launching a digital ID concept that could rival a lot of CBDCs and a lot of centralized currencies in the market today. But guys, we got 154 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, I'm going to kick it to you for some brief comments before I play this video. Why don't you close us out on that following segment? Yeah, like everybody already said, dude, it's all manipulation. And Waters brings up a good point. In the end, what are you going to do to further your investment thesis, right? Because you get people that we're like, you know, Bitcoin was about to break 25,000. People wanted to FOMO in. And then now we get major corrections because of all the FUD or all the manipulation. And then now they're scared to buy, right? And so what you got to do is you got to make sure that you have your investment thesis and execute that, right? When you have a red day, if you're below your average entry, then it's a good time to buy for you. If it's not, then you wait, right? And so like it all just comes down to you focused on your plan and you executing your plan. Thank you, Gonzo. And we're about to play this chain link video here. It pretty much speaks for itself, but revolutionary digital IDs are being launched in 2023 and some of them have the possibility to be anonymous. So we're going to show you this and discuss it. Here we go. There's a cutting edge technology that's radically changing the way we share information. Zero knowledge proofs. Let's say you're at the entrance of a bar. You want to get in but you don't want to show the bouncer all your personal information. With zero knowledge proofs, you can prove information about yourself without revealing what it is. Without looking at your ID, the bouncer would still know for certain that you're allowed in. This technology has the potential to transform a wide variety of industries. You could get a loan from a bank without revealing your balance or transaction history. You could rent an apartment without revealing your personal details to an app. You could prove that you know your password without exposing it to a website. Zero knowledge proofs are just one piece in an internet controlled by users. I love this concept, Johnny, because I think it creates an additional layer of security while also keeping the anonymity in the market today. But Waters, I'd like to get your take. How do you feel about Chainlink launching this product and what it could mean for centralized products like a CBDC? Could this rival that? Well, this, well, that sounds are already doing by going through the black market or by doing things with cash or just trying to like get get around you know and i think it's funny that they're going to come up with stuff and they're going to put it into legislation they're going to legalize it in some way shape or form slowly and it's going to be the exact thing that they were against at one point so it's very funny how like this sort of thing is showing itself today and they're going to have a, a blockchain you know tech company behind it to to shuttle it into the the mainstream and eventually it's just going to be part of what the government's planning behind the scenes anyways. So I feel like they use these companies. They, they use them effectively to get done what they need to get done without their direct hands being tied to it, you know, kind of like the way the mafia works. So this is, this is very much uh, the tactics that you're going to see happening. I knew about Chainlink tied to some really nefarious technologies back in the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, stuff like biometric uh, reward systems where you get uh, injectables and then by moving your movement will be able to determine the amount of currency you earn. So it's really, it's really wild. I know Microsoft has uh, connections to Chainlink as well. So everyone who does their research into this particular project, they're going to see that this is the future. This is where things are headed. Uh, 
And I'm not entirely sure if I could say anything good about it. It's just it's going to be seen. It's going to seem good on paper. But once it's in practice, I don't know if it's really going to lead to a, a better, more sovereign future. If anything, it's going to lead to more control and more uh, of your rights being able to have. You'll see that things that seemed like a normal decision or choice are going to now become a privilege and a noticeable privilege. And it'll just be whatever metrics they decide get to be uh, granting you rights. Yeah, I actually totally have to disagree with the abs. I don't love this idea at all. I absolutely hate it. In fact, the reality is think about what they just did. <laughs> they showed everything blacked out, almost kind of like the SEC where they redact everything. But the reality is if everything's blacked out, how do you make a decision? Well, and as they said, oh, the person, you know, looking or the website looking doesn't need to see that information. Well, obviously it needs information to make a decision, which means somebody has already predetermined and made a decision behind the scenes. Because all it, all it is is a check at that point, right? It comes up, oh, yeah, you're approved. Well, that means somewhere back, somebody disapproved you, or and you have no no clue. You don't know what's going on. You just go hand your ID, and they don't let you in the club. What if you get rejected? Can't see who you are. They know who you are, but you're rejected. Why am I rejected? Oh, I don't know why. It just says you can't get in. Get out, and that's it. So I, I, don't, I don't like it. But again, we know that this is basically no different than a social score system. It's exactly what it is, and unfortunately, it's what's coming, and, uh, and again, I'm not sure, so sure there's any way around it, but I don't like it. And just to break down a little bit more detail here, Gonzo, I'm going to kick it right back to you. It says, at a high level, the zero-knowledge proof works by having a verifier ask the prover to perform a series of actions that can only be performed accurately if the prover knows the underlying information. If the prover is only guessing as a result of these actions, they will then eventually be proven wrong by the verifier's test with a high degree of probability. So, Gonzo, Johnny just asked a question, and that's kind of the answer. You're going to have a series of questions that only you would know, and then if you're able to identify those and answer them correctly, you get to go into the bar. So what do you think about this idea and the fact that this is competing with central bank digital currencies, except it's adding an anonymous aspect? Yeah, you know, um, I, I just look at it in like an investment investment thesis thing. ZK technology, you know, the Talix said they're way far ahead than they thought they were going to be. You can see Matic is doing their ZK EVM. Uh, Chainlink's doing the ZK NAR or ZK um, zero knowledge proof. So it's an identity system. Same thing with Matic. They're working on the same thing, right? So this is where we're going. So the way that I look at it is I'm investing in these companies because I can't change that, right? What can I could do? I can only control what I can do and I can put money into these projects. And if they're successful, that's going to make me money. And then hopefully in the future, I can make better decisions. But do, is, does it make life harder for us? Absolutely, right? But isn't that what blockchain technology is, right? It's in the word. Waters always tells us, right? Chain, blockchain, chain of blocks, right? That's what they're doing. That's where we're going. So the only difference is what are you going to do to try to make some money to kind of change your life and maybe your family's life. And this is yeah. a little more interesting information here, Waters. I'm going to kick it right back to you, and then we'll play this CNN video breaking down how facial recognition ID is already live in the United States. Oh, sorry, Waters. Did you have any additional comments? Oh, no, I was just going to say that I agree with Gonzo, and that's a majority of what I teach. It's like, you know, you can't control where this is all going as an individual. All you could do as an individual is respond to this technology with your investment thesis and how you could, you know, become profitable from it. You know, another thing I'll say just to speak my truth is a big reason to, to stack this cash and to be focused on your finances is because when you have a couple million under your belt in the future in this next bull cycle, you're going to be able to buy your ass out of a lot of this draconian weird shit that they're doing. 
You know, you don't think that money could buy you out of anything? Well, go study billionaires. These guys can do whatever the hell they want. They just got lawyers stacked on their side. They have, you know, all these people, accountants. So, you know, get get savvy right now, guys. Like the purpose of becoming a little bit more wealthy into this next cycle is not just to like be able to have a nice car or whatever you think the American the dream is, because the new dream is just going to be sovereign. How how sovereign you could be will determine how euphoric your life is. And you don't think that all these, you know, technocrats and people in government and billionaires right now are setting themselves up for this exact future where there's going to be a credit score that allows you into a bar. Um, Well, that's where it's headed, you know, and they're going to be out there with their private clubs living on a fucking, you know, private island doing whatever they want to do, flying in their friends. So I think what Gonzo said, I think what all of you guys actually said harmonizes all three of the opinions. They really harmonize well to give a well-rounded um, concept here. But ultimately, it comes back to the fact that it's an opportunity. Make money from it. Don't hate it. Don't date it. Just trade it, right? Absolutely, Jordan. And it reminds me of a conversation me and Johnny had yesterday where everybody gets into this market focused on decentralization, getting away from banks. What's the biggest narrative going on right now? Banks are going to propel this 2025 bull run once we get regulation in the United States. And so it's interesting to see a lot of the people who were advocates of Bitcoin, advocates of decentralization. Now they like Michael Saylor. Now they want Bank of America to start custodying crypto. And it's the exact opposite narrative that many of these investors came in for. We've got some more evidence of that here as carbon credits are going to be very prominent over the next decade. And this is more proof of that as Ripple and Solana have come together to work on carbon credit solutions and ways of measuring carbon emissions. So carbon credit measurements can be calculated. The reduced amount of greenhouse gases generated by human actions said his team has been meeting every week for the past two and a half years, hosting workshops and forums focused on the education process. And what's interesting is that this is only the beginning waters. And I want to play this video now talking about how right now in New York City, they are currently using facial recognition technology and penalizing people who are acting, quote unquote, incorrectly. This morning, the company that owns Madison Square Garden, Radio City, Music Hall, and other famous New York venues says that all lawyers who work at firms representing a client suing them are banned. MSG Entertainment is denying entry to anyone on its exclusion list from attending concerts or sporting events. Here's what's a key part of this. They're using facial recognition technology to do it. CNN's Omar Jimenez is covering this story. This is remarkable. A- because of the facial recognition aspect, but B, it's not just the attorneys who are involved in the suing. It's any attorneys that work at the firms that are representing those who are suing these uh, venues. So Waters, I hope the janitor isn't on that list. And you brought it up beforehand. It's not just the people who are involved (laughs) in the lawsuit. It's anybody working for the law firm. They're actually penalizing with this facial recognition. What does it mean to you that we're seeing this in 2023? We know by 2030, the World Economic Forum wants us to own nothing. We'll be happy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be really interesting because it's like you're on the wrong team at the wrong time kind of a deal, right? Like It's like that. that's kind of how it's going to work in the future. I mean, you can be a perfect law-abiding citizen with a job, doing what you got to do, no criminal history. But if you're, let's just say your husband is a criminal, is a felon, or has done some shit wrong recently, just because you're married to that guy, you can be held accountable for his crimes. That's where this is like ultimate. And what's even crazier about this is it'll be the whole household. It'll be tied to your address. And then it'll be tied to the assets that are tied to that address, like the cars you own. So, damn, this is really wild that we're watching this stuff roll out as early as 2023 in the United States. 
but it's no different from what I told people two years ago. Like whatever we see happening in China, just know that we created the, the system. Then by me, by we, uh, what I'm talking about is the United States of America, excuse me, the United States of America created the social, social score system by creating a credit score. Then now the rest of the world has started to slowly like kind of implement a credit system. And then the social credit system is exercised in China because that's the type of people you can get away with that. That's the consciousness you have. You can get away with it because they're more obedient. So therefore you trial it, you test it out there. Then you have the C-19 event where it's even easier to trial it. And then you move forward with uh, slowly one nation at a time where now they know the most obedient nations because of the two years of C-19. So the places that had the most draconian lockdowns are the places that's going to be the easiest to pull this off. That's how that's how this works, guys. All of these psyops, all these black swan events or whatever, they're just using it as a obedience kind of like a, a, a test, if you will, of who is going to give in, who is okay with this, and who isn't, who's going to, you know, uh, who's going to um, fight back. So and I, I think when you look at like a Manhattan, New York, you have or San Francisco or Portland, Oregon, you have little pockets of the country that will be totally fine with this nonsense, you know, but ultimately America is going to be a really difficult place to across the board lay out this type of uh, infrastructure. It's there, but at, in practice, it's going to take some time. And this is a very telling quote we have here. This is the speaker of the World Economic Forum, but also the United Nations spokesperson. He said the end of free will, sorry, the era of free will is over here, Jordan. And one of the ways they're going to do that is by incorporating these digital currencies and social credit scores to all be underneath one web. And we've highlighted that a million times on our show. So I'd like to take this in a more positive light. What do you believe we can do? I know we've discussed profiting off of these projects. We believe tickets that will succeed. Will there be annexed members of society who decide not to participate in a CBDC or decide, you know, maybe it is worth it to fight and step away from society. I'm not sure if that's the best way to put it, but remove themselves from a lot of these systems that are being constructed. What are you seeing for the long-term outlook? Is there going to be these separate communities or is everything going to get absorbed? Well, it's a multifaceted answer. First and foremost, freedom is not something of the body. It's something of the mind and and your consciousness. So when you have a free dome, that's what freedom means, free dome. When you have a free mind, then you become free in all aspects. So this starts with the mind. It starts with you being aware of how to control your, uh, your emotional reactivity, right? And that goes for all things. Like if you want to get better at money, you want to get better at business, you want to get better in your relationships, stop being emotionally reactive and become better at responding. When you become a better responder, you start to see that you just become more sophisticated in all of your thoughts, actions, and behavior. So if you're aware of how this realm works and the history of this realm, you'll know that people have always had a place to escape to, to be in a better position. Um, And there's many places in this world that'll not fully cave into this new system that they're trying to lay out. I still think we have a lot of time before even um, most of Europe and uh, the United States of America goes goes um, forward with this kind of kind of stuff. I'm actually assuming it'll be the next Shemitah, which is 2028 to 2029. That's when we'll start to see things like CBDCs um, become normalized in the states, as well as social credit and what that what i'm trying to say right now is if the populace would become free in their consciousness today that gives us so many years to prevent this type of shit from happening to us but will they wake up probably not 
I would never look towards the collective to expect some grand enlightenment event. So I'm just doing my part to speak to my people with my truth. And I'm not holding back because I, I, I know I have nothing to lose. And if I could have 50,000 people or 100,000 people or maybe a million people in the next five years start tuning into this and become more consciously free, then I did my part. And if I have a million people that I could access that are interested in agriculture, interested in you know creating our own system beneath our feet, then I don't give a fuck what the world ends up doing. It's it's irrelevant. It, ser- it doesn't serve me any uh, of my energy to pay attention to it. So I'm doing my part. I know you guys are doing your part. And I would say if I want to stay positive right now, it would just be put in this work to spread your truth. Seek sovereignty. Be aware that sovereignty starts in the mind. It's about consciousness. And then through there, all other things figure itself out. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what's important here is when you look at activities like this, this is this is this is how this starts. They start with a very you know, one place. We can do a little financial and not financial facial recognition. And then the slippery slope begins over time. Uh, so it is unfortunate that we're seeing that happen in the U.S. But we already see because we know the game, we already know what's going to happen here. And I kind of look at it differently. I try not to worry about what what's going on there. What I try to control abs is exactly what water said. How do I grow my own food? How do I, you know, how do I teach my children how to grow their own food? That kind of thing. So that from that perspective, you have the ability to kind of become self-sustaining on your own. That's what I think it's all about at the end of the day. And and whether it's creating a food supply source or, you know, your own money or a barter system or things like that. I think the folks that want to survive outside the system will find a way. I think to do it and the folks who want to comply to the system will comply. And I think the majority of folks, unfortunately will comply because it'll be sold as a great system. And, and it's good for the environment. Good for this. Good for that. They're going to tell you all the good reasons why it's good for them. So um, I think that's what you're going to see there coming out of this at the end of the day. But I know Gonzo has some comments too. So Gonzo, feel free to chime in here. Well, I was just going to say, you know, if you, if you look back at this, I just think it's interesting the, the way that it's transitioned to like, attorneys and fees because if you think about where it all started it started after 9-11 right like you said johnny and i think waters made a comment about it like it was for our protection it's the fear-mongering right it's the terrorists Ooh, they got to put up all the cameras then the facial recognition was was uh rolled out right and then they were testing it it was just to test it right and then now like it's almost like the saying where you put the frog or the crab inside the pot and you turn up the heat slowly and it doesn't know it's being boiled to death it's the same thing, right? And I just thought it was funny that the story, because a lot of people, if you think about it, no offense to attorneys out there, but most people don't like attorneys, right? Because of what they represent and something like that. So I thought it was funny that that's where they went, right? We went from like terrorists and the whole fear thing to now kind of testing it out with people that are associated with law firms that are kind of doing frivolous lawsuits against the companies, right? That are going to get banned. And they're kind of testing it out to see, are people going to be in an uproar about this or because they don't like attorneys or it doesn't really affect them. They kind of let it go. And that's kind of what happens, but that's why it's so important. Like, you know, we've got the wolf pack, like what Jordan's saying, he's got his community. We're part of that too, but we also have the warrior Academy and we all have our tribe, right? And we're all trying to come up together. And I think at the end of the day, that's what the most important thing. Thank you guys. And Johnny, I'm going to ask you to cover for me for just one second. I'm looking for this carbon credit video we showed a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's so important to share right now. I almost have it in the background. No worries. While we're doing that, we'll talk about the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. 
The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Thank you, Johnny. And we got the best way to track your crypto listed down below, guys. 30-day free trial. So please go check it out. It's totally free and give us your feedback. Jordan Waters, I'd love to play this video here. Breaks down the details of the carbon credit solution, specifically from JP Morgan's website. Speaks for itself. I'm going to let a short clip play and go back to you. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? Today, I'm going to tell you something that's really going to scare you, and it should. The biggest part of the great reset that you're all missing is the carbon credit scam. And what is the carbon credit scam? This is where they're telling you where they want to monitor, track, and trace every so-called uh, kilogram of CO2 that you emit. And they say the global average needs to be two tons per person per year. And you're using 16 tons per person per year, which means your activity has to go down by 800%. Waters, that caught my attention there because for one reason in particular, the way you're going to be able to use more carbon credits is by purchasing your freedom. And you brought it up earlier. They're not going to put you in jail for going over your carbon emissions. They're going to charge your bank account. They're going to charge your CBDC portfolio. And he's hinting yep. at that here. So if you're a billionaire, these carbon credits mean nothing to you. Go ahead. Take another 100000 from my $2 billion account. I've got plenty to go around. So I'd like to get your take. And then I'm going to show the details later in this video. Is there a place to like invest in carbon credits right now? Can I go buy? Can I? Is it like buying Pokemon right. cards or some shit? What are, yeah, what are we, we doing? That, right, that's what I'm saying, right bro. Yeah, there will be a credit it. market. They're already they're already saying that will happen. People will be trading carbon credits. There's no question about. It. In fact, there might even be a spot, but I don't know yet. But it's coming if there isn't. Yeah, I think uh, I, this is exciting. All I got to say is I want them to do this shit so that there could be like civil unrest and. Then everyone just goes to the Federal Reserve building and lights it on fire. And there you go. We're going to have a fun. We're going to be able to make some s'mores. And they just put up a wall around the building, too. So they're preparing for that waters. But it doesn't surprise me at all. All of these narratives are emerging at the same time, whether it's JP Morgan coming out in support of crypto, Bank of America stating they're going to start using crypto for ODL. Then we have social credit scores. Then we have facial recognition. Well, now we're going to show you the details of the new carbon credit system. And I'm going to go right back to you, Waters. Here it is. A carbon allowance for every single purchase you buy. And to make sure that everything has a so-called carbon credit, food, when you buy food now, if it's vegan, it's going to show you this nice little score of only one kilogram, 1.3 kilograms of CO2 per serving. Now, meat will be off the chart, so that's going to be a no-no. Check this out. If you go to a restaurant, even an Italian pizza place, they're going to show you the amount of CO2 for your dish. So literally everything you eat, everything you buy, if, is your clothes made of leather? That's going to cost more CO2 because it came from a cow. So every single thing you do is going to be tracked. Why? Because they want to put limits on how much you can spend monthly. They're telling you you're using 16 tons a year and they want you to use two tons a year. What does two tons look like? Well, check this out. Say you wanted to fly from Toronto to Amsterdam. And now Google, by the way, Google Flights shows the carbon emissions on that flight. That flight from Toronto to Amsterdam is 478 kilograms of CO2. 
That's almost 25% of your yearly allowance. But don't worry if you go. That's concerning to me, Waters, because the number one thing that we've seen time and time again is they want us to own nothing and they do not want us to travel. This fits that narrative perfectly, guys. And we got over 300 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got Waters above in the building and we're talking about the carbon credit system. So Waters, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I have a really hard time uh, believing that this is going to happen anytime soon, especially in the United States, probably in most of Eastern Europe. It's going to be really difficult to pull this off. Most of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see this working out too easily. Um, it would probably require a very serious event first, and then you have your typical Hegelian, you know, uh, order order up KO, you know, order out of chaos. And I don't know exactly what that event will be. I mean, they have been showing us a lot of themes lately that it could be regarding aliens. Uh, and I don't believe in aliens at all, which is another conversation. But it's just going to be your military and probably holographic technology. And that'll be enough to create a, uh, a moment, you know, where they can leverage on that moment to in install their, their plan. Um, they get everyone fearful and then they have their solution, right? So that problem reaction solution thing is something that you could all use for your discernment right now before we have anything come up and protect yourself in the process. But as for you looking at a menu and seeing the price and then next to it also the carbon credit, eh, I don't know about that. Like this, this to me, it, it sounds possible, but I don't think we're close. I really don't. I think it'll take some time. Uh, if they hey, well, decide to do this. If they decide to do this, by the way, you're going to see way more chaos from uh, humanity than probably any event, all events combined. Because even when you look at the moment where they started trying to leverage on the whole, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but the V, and if you took it or not, if you'll be allowed to go to your ATM and withdraw money, when they tried that uh, in a couple places, it didn't work well. It literally didn't. Overnight, it caused some serious chaos in the places that attempted to do it. Um, you know, they were flooding out their own politicians from their nation. They were burning down politicians' houses. So if they can't get away with that, what's going to happen when they start implementing this this credit thing? Um, so, yeah, um, I, I don't think it's going to be what that guy showed. I, I would like to know what his resources were, uh, like where he was sourcing that from. Because anyone could kind of put together some shit and then start sharing it as if it's fact. We saw this happening with Nasara Jasara. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. But people have been pushing around that PSYOP for fucking 10 years now. Uh, it got woven into all the QAnon nonsense and all the Trump stuff, which, again, was very divisive and, and completely based in, 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 in a lie. Uh, to get people to believe that someday things will get good again. And people do the same thing with bad things, right? They talk about a, sh a food shortage. There's pure-blown YouTube channels that are dedicated to talking about a food shortage every day of the fucking calendar year for the past five years, and there's never been a food shortage. So when we're seeing people come out like with these you know, content creators and they're pushing this idea that we're going to have a, a food menu with carbon credits on it, and if you took a flight, it's going to be 25% of your carbon credit allowance, where, where is this coming from? Uh, I would like to know. I'm not uh, denying it. I'm just wondering where is this? Where is this? Um, and uh, just share the sources, and perhaps then people can investigate and see, um, you know, if, if this is real or not. 
I love what you brought up there. You said, we need a common enemy if we're going to have a one world government, right? And Reagan said it, I believe, I don't know if it was the 70s or the 80s, not great with my US presidents, but I do know the speech that he was referring to. And he said, the biggest problem we have in the world today, if we need one global economy, is we need a common enemy. And coincidentally, the second we get into the 21st century and we have the technology in order to fake a quote unquote project blue beam, like JT said in the live chat, We've seen it time and time again, guys. The United States government has tried to lead us with fear. And the most fearful narrative you can push out to the masses is there's an alien above you that you should be afraid of. Get in line, start following orders. But Johnny, I know you got right. to take and see this Donzo. So let's kick it to Johnny and then we'll go around the group. Well, I, I like how someone talked about, you know, the whole meat thing and trying to stop men from eating meat, right? Because as we all know, meat is, is, is the second number one best protein source for men. The first is eggs, of course. And what are you hearing? Now you're hearing, A, you can't get eggs, and B, you're hearing eggs are bad for you, and then meat, and then protein. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's right. So, instead, they want to feed everybody soy, and we know soy is you know very good for females, not so much for males, but it's in everything. Now, go to the store. There's more soy milk on the shelf than there actually is real milk. It's crazy. But, yeah, I think, Abs, at the end of the day, we just need to go. You, you, you just got to, again, focus on yourself know the game so you don't get played and then continue to just live your life. You can't sit here and worry about all this stuff. You'll drive yourself mad. You just need to know what's coming. So you know how to kind of dodge around it. And as, as, as water said, you know, put ourselves in a position to create generational wealth so that we can kind of navigate around the, the system that's coming. However, they're smart. They will do this thing very slowly. So there already is, by the way, waters on the NASDAQ exchange in a, a place to trade carbon credits. So it's already out there. It exists. Um, and secondly, there will be, they will, they won't do this thing like quickly. I mean, you try to tell someone they can't travel on a plane because you got to give a quarter of your credits for the whole entire year. <laughs> you have to make that up somewhere. That's a dramatic change in your lifestyle. And when you try to change people's lifestyle, especially when you try to change it quickly, as, as Waters just mentioned with the V thing, they're going to dramatically resist it. But if you do it very, very slowly abs, and very little <laughs> drips and drabs, which is what they wait to do things. That's how they try to get you to come along in the system. So who knows? Well, quick, quick thing to mention though is like people need to know that all of these airline companies, all of the the food, uh, you know, all of the things regarding processed food, especially, this is all tied into government. So you're mm -hmm. trying to tell me that they're gonna they're gonna limit your ability to get flights? That would be a loss. They're gonna fuck up their own business models that they profit from immensely, just so you could they could run this carbon credits narrative. Get out of here! Like, just think these are businessmen and they do business decisions. They don't give a single fuck about your carbon credits. They just want your money. So unless there is literally a thing like buying up the carbon credits um, at at your local bank or getting a loan for them or whatever dr nonsense they want to do, but um, yeah, I mean. We won't get too deep into that, but I'm just letting people know that the airlines, food industries, all things that have to deal with travel, logistics, et cetera, that is 100% owned, operated, governed, and controlled by your own governments and your central banking system. So it would hurt them to limit your ability to access them. It would be a bad business decision. 
unless they bridge the yeah. gap with an upcharge, right? Like what if they started instead of a hundred dollar plane ticket in this hypothetical, it was now it's a $500 plane ticket. Guys, we're doing you a favor. You get to travel four times as much as somebody with a lower credit score than you. Yeah. So they can create all these different tiers. They could, so they could do it. They could do a thing where you could buy the plane ticket, but then for a hundred extra dollars, they remove the carbon credit part of the conversation. So it's just, it bypasses you from having to, you know, use your credits also, or, you know, something that's interesting that they could also do. And this is part of the whole system with rewards points. And I've been warning people about this. The rewards points are all part of getting us ready for this type of reality someday where you can buy a hotel room. And if you have 30,000 points, you could use the points partially and then also pay with cash. They might have a system going like that where, you know, Jeff, Be Jeff Bezos, he has like a trillion carbon credits. So he doesn't even need to use money anymore. He could just use the fucking credits to buy everything. And yep. people that people that don't have any, uh, you know, money, they might need to actually only use their credits. And that's where there's a weird kind of discrepancy amongst all of this is you have the credits plus you have the dollar amount. Where does this really this sounds like a complicated system and most people are most people suck at math. You know, even what we were talking about before when we were discussing the the bartender looking at your ID, like. I'll give a bartender my ID if they ask me and the dude can't even figure out my birthday. Like he could barely fucking add it all together. He has to break out his calculator. You know, like, are we, are we really going to trust any of these people to be able to determine, you know, uh, all that extra nonsense? Anyways, I'm not trying to derail this one, but I just want us to access the, the gift we have of common sense, you know, and that's another layer to this that we tend to bypass when we start to get a little bit more conspiratorial. You know, even with the thing of somebody talking about meat and all that before, where that's just all conspiracy minded stuff. You have to think critically sometimes. And if you always think it's nefarious all the time and you you lack that discernment, you lack the critical thinking and you look for the common sense, then you start to make emotionally reactive decisions and you you suck at responding. So people need to calm down when they're uh, analyzing sometimes because they get overly analytical. And when you're too analytical, you suck at making choices. You know, I, the only thing that I'll add to all this is I always bring everything back to the investment thesis, right? And what, what I can do, what, what's in my control. And I do think that ESG, environmental social governance, is a narrative and it goes into your investment thesis, right? And so when we look at that whole like zero carbon narrative, which blockchains are zero carbon, I think there's something there. And so I think that something that you should have in the back of your mind when you're investing and you're making your investment thesis is that that zero carbon thing is going somewhere, right? That ESG thing is actually going somewhere. It's a huge narrative, just like there are a bunch of other narratives, right? There's the whole layer two scaling solution for Ethereum. That's a narrative, right? And so like Johnny always says, you want to have different horses in the race. And so, you know, like Algorand, that's a very green blockchain. I think it fits a very good narrative. Uh, and so that's the way I look at it. Waters, I'm almost tempted to just stick with this conversation because I got so many questions for you. But the biggest thing you brought up was the meat narrative. And I know this is a crypto show, but I'd just like to get your take real quick. What is your opinion on the food objective that's going on? You said it was centralized with governments. I know on the CDC's website, they actually say that Lucky Charms have more nutritional value than a steak. Now, we can sit here and debate that all day. But what I'd really like to get at is what is your take? What is your real narrative about the meats and things of that nature? Because I'm just interested to learn. Are you sure? Are you sure you want me to talk about this? I'm very open-minded. Can, can you re ask re the question really quickly? I'd like to know the truth behind why you believe the CDC is getting rid of meat when they're telling us that things like Lucky Charms have more nutritional value. 
I don't believe anyone's getting rid of anything. I think all of this is a distortion away from people knowing about detoxification and about fasting and about how the human physiology actually works and not teaching people about the gut microbiota and getting people to only focus on things like our blood chemistry and not about our lymphatic system. So when it comes down to the conversation of foods, people are way too caught up in things like nutritional value, but they have no idea about hydration, which mm. the body is literally a walking water uh, our body is just, 70%. if you were to, it's just structured water. That's all it is. Yeah. So meat has very little water in it. Eggs has very little water in it, especially after it's been cooked. So nobody wants to talk about the pure fact that if you're dehydrated, which 99% of people are, regardless of how so-called nutrition, how nutritionally sound you are or who you're listening to, whether they're a nutritionist, di dietitian, et cetera. Uh, so I'll just say that, uh, People need to focus on their hydration and that has nothing to do with being vegan or vegetarian or omnivore or carnivore or whatever ist or or that you want to throw at the end of a title. Uh, it's all just a bunch of buzzwords. Um, but I would go ahead and say that it's going to be a difficult conversation to have with most people, especially when they start throwing in this idea that the carbon credit agenda or anything tied to hyperinflation or health and wellness um, with meat, dairy, eggs, because these are foods that have been part of the standard uh, diet of most people for so long that it's almost like a religion now. So you can't really have this conversation with people unless they're very open-minded because talking about nutrition is almost like talking about a religion that somebody practices. And people are learning about the religion just like they learn about nutrition. They're learning about it from a pastor, aka you're learning about nutrition from a doctor or dietitian. And if you study these people, they're all wrong all the time. And they barely know about the physiology of the human body. I've had, I've had so many conversations with doctors who do not know about the lymphatic system. They have no idea about it. <clears throat> That's sad. That's sad. This person went to so much schooling and they have a doc. They're, they're literally a doctor and they have went through out of all of their years in college, maybe 10% of it or less was about nutrition. How are they going to be able to help people in this world if they don't even know about how you're supposed to properly eat? And then the people who do study how you're supposed to eat, they don't even know about the whole system. They only know about a little piece of it. So they have no idea holistically how the body works. And they treat the body in isolation. When the body is an organism, it is one full organism. When you start to have a failure in, in one part of your body, it starts to affect the whole body. Correct. That's right. At the end of the day, when you talk to a lot of these doctors, they don't try to holistically heal you, right? They give you a pill as a Band-Aid, Abs. It's not about holistically finding the solution like some of the naturopathic doctors try. And, you know, Waters is right about, if you think about it, you can survive without food for, I don't know, 20, 30 days. But you know what? Water? They say two to three days. That's it. You're done without water. So so true that you, you have to be able to. It's all about hydration. It depends on how high it depends on how hydrated you are. If you're dehydrated severely, you could probably only go 24 to 48 hours and you start to really have some failure. You could start having organ failure. But somebody like me who's extremely hydrated because this is something that I've been practicing and preaching and teaching for now over a decade. Believe it or not, I have more uh, awareness and knowledge and wisdom in health and wellness than I do even in cryptocurrency. So this is a topic that I talk about a lot in my live streams. I also speak on it a lot in my last course that I created the expansion mastermind course. And if you become effectively hydrated, you can go 10 days without drinking any water or eating food. It's called a dry fast, but you need to be on your shit. You need to know what you're doing. 
Um, I'm not telling people to go do that, but I guarantee you, if you're somebody who's done a 24, 48 hour dry fast, you're going to see insane results. You're going to see better skin. You're, uh, well, the reason being is because you're curing your lymphatic system, which it's all coming through the skin effectively. If you're somebody who has acne, psoriasis, you know, any issues with skin, that's because your lymphatic system is going through some trouble and the toxins are spilling over, not draining through the kidneys effectively. And it's toxic, creating toxicity in the blood. So again, people, people can get educated on this at a deeper level, learning about the lymph and learning about gut microbiota. You're going to put all that talk about protein and macronutrients on the sidelines. Cause it's literally like 10% of the conversation. It's not important. When you talk to the nutritionists, they make it the pinnacle of the conversation, how much protein you're getting, how many carbs. that's all low level stuff. That's like people, that's like people who, who are like a Bitcoin maxi. They don't know shit. <laughs> That was funny. But Jordan, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Someone like Johnny does a ton of studying, does a ton of educating. We're always talking about new and interesting topics. You said, I hope you're open-minded. I like to think I'm open-minded, but I'm somebody who's been doing, um, participating in fasting, whether that's water fast or dry fast for about three years now. And I used to have some health issues when I was in high school because of how poor my diet was. I was always an athlete. I was always in good shape, but I used to have things like acne or things that were things of chronic inflammation. It was when I gave my body that time to detox the way that I had somebody explain it to me, I went to an apothecary, quote unquote, doctor or specialist, I'm not sure what you'd call it. And they said that your body, when it's, when it's digesting, is using a bunch of energy. And it's very, they, they explain it to me in a simple way. Precisely. Said, if you have 100% of a battery, now you and take protein. Protein is extremely hard to digest. Protein is literally damaging the body if you eat it in excess. It is creating an excessive strain on your body's digestive system. But yeah, continue fascinating water. See, and this is the type of stuff that this is the type of stuff that I think is honestly even more valuable than crypto sometimes because health is the most important thing. And the number one thing I realized when I started fasting is number one, I didn't have to eat as much food as I thought. Number two, my skin and my body were getting back to neutral. I didn't, I used to have things like acne or things where I would have an injury. And those types of things seemed like they went away almost within a couple of months of me changing my diet. So it's really exciting. I'm not sure why I threw that in there, but maybe you can close us out on this topic because it changed my life. Yeah. I mean, if, if you have any um, final things to ask, I got about 10, 15 minutes with you guys. But yeah, the reason that, that those things are curing is because your skin is your largest organ. So your skin will start to clear up after you change your diet because you literally are what you eat and you perform based on how you eat. So if you're dehydrated all the time, you're going to have poor performance. You're not going to be able to have as good of a session at the gym or as good of a session playing with your children outside. You know, this is the reason why a lot of people have an issue, uh, getting around and moving, being mobile, because they're eating things that are keeping them in a consistent state of chronic inflammation, and they're dehydrated too. So if you are properly hydrated, if you're effectively hydrated, it is very difficult for you to be inflamed because your body has liquid in it, shuttling out all the poisons and toxins through your urine, through your sweat, etc. So the more you um, move, it's obviously important, but it's just sad because the fitness industry and everything doing to deal with health and wellness, it tends to push high uh, protein diets, low carbohydrate diets, low hydration diets, and then tells you to move a lot, which is like a fucking ticking time bomb. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, so you could only get effectively hydrated by properly uh, by eating carbohydrate. That's the only way to do it. We just have to go through the conversation of what's the right one. And people say, oh, sugar is bad for you. OK, well, what about sugar cane? See, it's not that sugar is bad for you. It's processed food is bad for you. 
Correct. Nobody who's if vegans are telling you to eat vegan meat, walk away from them, you know, but that's not the vegan agenda. Vegans are eating more antioxidants and consuming more phytonutrients than everyone combined. One single vegan might be consuming the foods that will keep them in a state of health and longevity for a much longer time. But that's not my thing. I'm not trying to push a, a, a team to play on. I think that's all divisive and kind of nonsensical. Uh, I don't call myself a vegan, vegetarian, omnivore, any of that. I just, I eat what I know I need to eat based on decades of self-study and me curing myself and curing other people. You know, I've, my grandma was a diabetic on like 16 medications and then she started practicing some of the information that I was sharing with her. She lost about 60, 70 pounds and then cut her, uh, cut her, uh, uh, medications in half. And just the medications that they're giving these people is shortening their life. You're not designed to be popping all these pills all day, every day, and then shooting up insulin. So you should never be able to get diabetes. It's an impossible condition until you enter a highly processed food consumption reg regimen. Think about this. If you are somebody that needs exogenous insulin to just live, you are a fucking zombie. You're not even alive anymore. Your body is broken and now it's relying on the healthcare system to live. That's exactly what they want out of you guys, too. So if you look at the only cure and reversal for this specific disease that's been proven in scientific setting, double-blind placebo control trials, it's a plant-based diet. So I don't get the problem here with people deciding to go more plant-based and then people simultaneously trying to say that it's some sort of New World Order agenda. It's sickening. It's the only diet that helps people reverse the number one cause of death, which is heart disease. Keep eating your bacon and hamburgers and let's see your heart disease reverse. <laughs> spot on. No, you're, okay? you're spot on. So until, so until we see that, until we see that happen, I don't even want to talk like about, uh, you know, food with people because it's, it's sad, you know? So again, I'm not team vegan. I'm not team pushing uh, any agendas. I'm just about the facts, you know? And the fact is that a human being should not need any medications. It should not need any uh, you know, creams or ointments to have better skin. If you just learn to properly fast effectively and go slow, do a 24 hour, then go to 48, go slow once every other month, then you're going to start to see your skin gets better. You know, your hair will revitalize. It'll stop breaking. Your nails will become healthier. They'll be less brittle. Your, your hair will be less likely to turn gray. So if you're somebody who's seeing your family members getting gray in their in their 60, in their their 50s, like mid 40s, you can prevent that from happening because gray hair is only possible if you're dehydrated. Mm. Think about this. This is not genetic. Hair loss and gray hair is not genetic. It is because of dehydration. You effectively hydrate the body. All mm. proteins, all things that are physical on you will be optimal and they will regenerate effectively instead of improperly regenerating and then you have issues because the body has no source to feed on as it's creating new cells hey waters i got a question for you on this so you mentioned something important you mentioned about fasting right and people are now there's a lot of talk about intermittent fasting and people fasting more often and i'm wondering now i always like to drive things back to the caveman days right where I believe the earth gives you what you need to survive and you don't need anything more than that. So my question to you is this. Do you think that fasting is just a result? You talked about a keyword detox because we're being uh, loaded with toxin, toxins and pesticides and stuff they put on our food, right? Yeah. 
Do you think fasting is just a result of trying to now is only exist because of the talk, you know, the poisons that are put on the food that we have to get out of our system? Or do you think fasting is just something that is naturally part of human nature and it just it should be part of our daily routine? Uh, well, if people want the real, real truth of this, mm. uh, it's because of a very esoteric practice that's been lost and no one talks about it too much, but it has to deal with the. I mean, I could really go into this. I don't have a lot of time, though. <laughs> but when you practice semen retention and practice not consuming anything simultaneously at the same time of the month when you're when the moon is pushing through your sun sign, the sun sign being the the sign of that you were born in. Uh, for instance, I'm a Pisces. So when the moon is moving through Pisces in this two to three day time frame, that's a moment that was being practiced by the ancient civilizations to abstain from sex and to abstain from drinking alcohol and to abstain from all consumption, actually, sometimes to the point of just meditating uh, profusely for two to three days. And what happens is there's a secretion of this oil that moves through us. And uh, yeah, this is where it would start to get very esoteric and deep and, and kind of like I would have I would need my own presentation for this. So mm. let's just leave it there. OK, it is something yeah, yeah. very, very spiritual very and, and, and deep. And when you go through this, you are essentially allowing these superpowers that we have that have been held back from us um, by being consumers. So the human body is wanting this fasting moment. It, it thirsts for not consuming, actually. And it's because of a physiological process that's going through us. Just like a woman has her period or she gets pregnant and she has her hormonal reactions accordingly. Well, we do too. You know, a man's hormonal cycle is every 24 hours, right? Mm. So all of these hormonal cycles and all these things that are going on physiologically, they play a big role naturally in what, we're, what we are and what we're doing. And I'll give one last example that makes sense. When you get very sick, it's normal for you to lose your appetite. Your body starts to no longer desire food. Well, why? Correct. Because eating will create a big dige a digestive burden on your body, therefore preventing you from being able to heal. Mm. So it's not only a healing modality, but it's a natural response mechanism that the body would do when it starts to become, uh, you know, diseased. You know, that's where we get that word from disease, disease when you're not at ease. Um, so I could come at this from multiple angles, but initially the spiritual practice is what is the most important, which has to do with the secretion of cerebral spinal fluid, which moves up through uh, the 33 vertebrae in your spine mm. between your sacrum and your um, and your cranium. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, I think it's important that we could maybe talk about this in, in the future and break it down a little bit more. I, I talk about it sometimes. Fasting is a very multifaceted, uh, you know, approach and, and practice. Uh, and I'll finish with this. Don't fast as if it's some sort of like spiritual trophy, because that's mm. my problem with fasting. It's become this thing where people are like, I fasted for three days, so I'm better than you. That's bullshit. You know, yeah. fast for your own individual health for your right. own individual spirituality, for your own individual well-being. Uh, it's mm. not something that is egoic and you're supposed to tout it like it's some big, you know, it's been being done since time immemorial. And the human digestive system is built to not have a burden on it every couple of hours. You're supposed to really just eat one big meal. Mm. 
That's how it was in the old days, right? Caveman would hunt, grab a meal, and they were good for the day. But I just want to give yeah, a shout out. Because you didn't have a refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. Or a salt. Or a Whole Foods. You didn't have a, a restaurant and you didn't have a refrigerator. So you spent That's your right. whole day gathering food to consume it. And then you went to sleep and repeated that process again. Right. Exactly. Awesome, you guys. Well, I don't want to take too much more of Jordan's time. I want to say thank you to each one of our special guests. Johnny, if you're comfortable, let's stay on here because we do have a couple more stories. Let's let okay. Jordan get back and then let's go through our couple last articles here. But guys, I want to say thank you to Waters. Every single time we have him on the show, I learned something new. So I look forward to having you on again. Thank you, Waters. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to the Wolfpack. Oh, for everybody out there joining us from the I Wolfpack. We love you, brother. Yeah, we I love you, Waters. Thanks for coming by. Of course, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Much love. As always, guys, another beautiful day in the Matrix, and we've got some more validation here as the Bank of International Settlement has cited Ripple in a discussion of a competitor to SWIFT. Now, I'm not going to waste our time and read through this entire document, but what they're laying out here is how SWIFT is currently constructed and what Ripple is doing enhances that system. So, Johnny, a little unorthodox. I'm not sure how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole here, but SWIFT is acknowledging that Ripple is a competitor. And we're seeing it on the Bank of America documents or Bank of International Settlement documents. Sorry. What does that mean to you, my friend? I'm still, yeah, I'm sorry, man. My head is still in the cave, man. The food, the water. It was so much he said there to digest and unpack there. That was very, very educational, but trying to switch gears back here. So what do we got here? The Bank of International Summits, BIS, which by the if way. If you could break it down real simple, Johnny, just invest in XRP, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just, Right? Like, what is there more to say? I mean, it's so I hard mean, to write. Like, anytime, I mean, like, I'm with Waters, dude, my head just, like, explodes. Right? I need some time to pull explodes, it back yeah. in. I got to come back in here. But, um, <laughs> guys, you know what, Johnny? Actually, let's take this a little bit different here because there's a bunch of interesting news coming out around the XRP community. I'm going to take 30 seconds here and break it down for our listeners. But, guys. We got 409 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. That conversation was impromptu, but hopefully it was enjoyable for all of our listeners out there. So let's get back into our crypto content as Brad Garlinghouse is currently following 589 people while Joel Katz officially followed his 1,000th person last night. Now, why is this so important? Because at the same time, he changed his header on his Twitter account to something that we addressed earlier in the episode. He said, when a scrappy financial startup takes on a web of corruption and betrayal to bring instant payment to the masses, they learn the cost of disrupting the status quo is higher than they could have ever imagined, forcing them to decide between their vision and survival. So David Schwartz is acknowledging not only the corruption and betrayal going on in the SEC, he's stating Ripple is at a breaking point here. They're either going to complete what they originally intended to, Johnny, or they're on the brink of dying in the process. So what does it mean to you that David Schwartz put this as his Twitter header while we had all that other news come out yesterday stating that the SEC could go to the Supreme Court? Well, it's very interesting. I think I think you showed this earlier in the show when we had Waters on, and he had said, hey, they're all on one team. Um, and so maybe this is just the WWE at play here. Um, if they're not on one team and he's not in the club, because listen, let's face it, there are, there are, Hey Gary, thanks for showing up today. We know there are people in the club and people outside the club. If ripples outside the club, which I find a little hard to believe considering Brad sits on the WEF right for him. But if they're outside of the club, then you can actually feel his pain and you're, and you're getting the sense here of what he's trying to say. And it makes you wonder, you know, will ripple ever be able to penetrate the U S because if you're not in the club, they're going to have a very, very hard time. But again, it's it's hard to believe that when you see Brad posted, you know, all over the, the WF forum. He's been part of it since, I don't know, 2016 or 15. He sits on one of the boards. So I, I find it very hard to believe. But again, you know, eh, you never know. We're watching WWE most of the time, so it's hard to say abs. 
And Gonzo, this was a tweet that the lead lawyer for Ripple put out yesterday. He said the SEC has lost four of the last face cases that went to the Supreme Court, thanks to a few that had the courage and resources to fight back against the SEC's bullying and clinging to stretch legal positions that are not faithful to the law. These are some very bold statements coming out of somebody who's currently going against the SEC in court. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts, Gonzo. Why do you believe Stuart Alderati tweeted this out yesterday? And then just moments later, David Schwartz changed his header on his account. Yeah, you, you know, I try not to get wrapped up in the day-to-day abs, and, and there's been some comments I, I was like reading the chat and stuff, and this is why we tell you, don't go all in, don't get all sucked in, right? Like, build your positions, I have my position in XRP, I have an also a position of XRP that is short-term that I'm going to flip, and then I have my other ones, right? I have Ethereum, I have Flow, there are so many different other projects that I have, because you never know what's going to happen. I have to have a plan, right? If they lose the lawsuit, I have a plan for that, right? If they crash the price, I'm going to have a decision to make. Me personally, I'm going to buy more, right? I'm not going to go all in, but I'm going to buy more because I think eventually, even if they lose, they will win because they're going to make a decision that says that secondary sales are not a security. And that's what we need. We could care less. Me personally, I could care less if Ripple pays a fine, if they lose or whatever drama they have. What we need is we need secondary sales to not be a security and we are off to the races, right? That's what we need. I think that's what Ripple needs too, because that's what expands their business in the US. But I'm just saying, but you shouldn't have, you shouldn't be all in. You shouldn't have all your money into XRP and you're waiting around for a lawsuit that could or could not happen, right? And so you have to continue to kind of have your investment thesis and kind of expand that, you know, to each his own, not financial advice. But when you get all sucked into one thing, and it doesn't go your way, that's usually how you get wrecked. Absolutely, Gonzo. And guys, check out this latest update we have on the XRP lawsuit. As one of our friends, the digital asset investor, tweeted at John Deaton. He said, is it possible for there to be an SEC versus Ripple partial settlement and partial appeal that could end up in the Supreme Court? John Deaton responded and said, in my personal opinion, Ripple would pay between $100 and $250 million settlement if the SEC agreed that current and future sales of XRP are not securities. That's a major caveat, Johnny, because of one thing in particular. Ripple said they are not willing to settle unless the entire scope of XRP is considered not to be a security. So if the SEC comes in and tries to say everything pre-2017 was a security, but now you're okay, Ripple's already stated they're not going to take that as an answer and accept that for a settlement. So what does that mean to you, Roto? Then we'll close out the show for today. Um, let's see, probably current. I No, I thought a little different than what you said. I thought I misunderstood then. I thought it was... Ripple saying, hey, anything going forward, current and forward, is not a security. They don't care what's said in the past. The past is the past. They don't care. They'll pay a fine. And he's saying that right here. He's okay. They're saying here they're okay paying a fine if the SEC agreed publicly that current, that means today's sales, any future sales are not securities. I don't think they care. Um, in fact, they're they're happy. They'll say they'll pay 100 to 200 million. So you can see here that the SEC is sitting on a huge payday. And this is why I don't understand, Abs, why. They wouldn't, there, there it is right there. They would get 100 to 250 million, slap them on the wrist, tell them anything they've done in the past was security, but anything going forward isn't. And this case is over. The SEC loads their well, pockets. He's just guessing at that, Johnny. And what he's saying is that he doesn't think the SEC will agree to that for whatever reason. Because you remember in the library case, they were forced to make that decision on the library token, but they didn't want to, right? It's like they volunteered to say, okay, yeah, secondary sales of the library token are not a security. Deaton in that in that um, in that trial forced them to take that position. Right. The judge kind of forced them to answer. Uh, and so I think what he's saying is that he doesn't think 
that the SEC will comply to that. Um, so well, well, we know they do, won't. We can, be, we, can, do, we can be going on this for like the rest no, of the year. No, we know. The, right? But what I'm saying, we know the SEC won't take it because we know what Ripple wants and what they've offered. The reality is what we don't understand is why. It took $30 million from Nexo. They took, I think, $10 million from another color yeah. library. Right? So they took 10 20 30. Here they could get a bigger payday out of Ripple, and they don't want it. And that's where you got to question. You got to say, wait a minute. Ripple is willing. We already know Brad is willing to settle. Just don't call it a security today. And Brad said, I'll settle. He'll pay something. So they're they're sitting on a big payday, and they don't want it. And that is what has got to – that, to me, sends up all kinds of red flags, saying there's something way more beyond – and we know this already – than just uh, than just you know going after them to set an example. There's something else going on here, is it makes no sense why they wouldn't take a big payday in this case. Let them call it uh, non-security moving forward, and let's move on. And then if you couple that that whole thing with what what what's his name just said, Swartz literally just said today or whatever that was, that he changed it to hey, you know, it's very painful to see that companies want to work with you. It kind of makes you believe that there's something bigger going on beyond here, and the SEC is part of that plan. Absolutely, guys. And that's what we've talked about from day one, how this case is going to set precedent for cryptocurrencies in the United States. It's so much bigger than what Ripple is going through. And we've seen it time and time again. But guys, we're going to close out this episode with a video from Bank of America CEO stating that crypto is not only here to stay, Bank of America is leveraging this technology. One half the money moved by consumers today at Bank of America today has moved digitally. One half. This is not something new. When you get to an anonymous currency, that's a different question. And that's a policy question of whether we want an anonymous currency out there of size and scale and scope. And that's what the you start to see people struggle. Do you think we do? Do you think we I, want I, it? I, I don't think you want it. Oh, you don't think we want that. So basically, crypto bad, CBDC good, Johnny Crypto. And that was the positive spin I was trying to put on the Chainlink article earlier. We know Bank of America. We know JP Morgan. These guys are not only an advocate of a CBDC, they're working on it behind the scenes with the Federal Reserve. Now, do we have proof of that? No. Does common sense tell us that? Yes. So I'd like to close it out with this episode with a discussion here. How do you feel about Bank of America's CEO stating that they are pro-crypto, but they are not pro-anonymity? Well, interesting. Where have we heard that crypto is bad and CBDs is good? I, I don't know where we've heard that before. I have no idea where that's come from. But, um, you know, I don't like the fact that the CEO of Bank of America is saying he's he doesn't want, <laughs> want to see. Well, I mean, it depends, right? If they're going to leverage the Ripple technology and the ODL, that would be a good thing. Um, there's no question about it. We know that they don't want anything but a CBDC. That's what the whole world is going to operate on. The only question we have here, all, all of us who are invested in Ripple, or I keep saying Ripple, but I shouldn't say that, well, who are invested in XRP, is whether or not XRP is going to be part of the system. Will it be integrated in or not? And we don't know the answer. Nobody does. We've seen certain countries do trials of it, leveraging the ODL and the remittance system, RippleNet, and whether they're going to use it or not. How that's going to apply to the rest of the world, that's what we're all trying to wait and see what's going to happen here. But again, never put all your eggs in one basket. We don't know if XRP is going to be the chosen one. So you need to make sure you've got several um, horses in this race. And so that at the end of the day, we try to put ourselves in a position to, somebody hates that I say this, Abs, but I say generational wealth. I'm like, oh, you can't get generational wealth from a token. Well, you know what? <laughs> Look at BitBoy and a bunch of other people. People who were in early made a lot of money off of tokens just off of token sales alone. So it is possible. You know what I would say, Johnny? If you think that, you're absolutely correct, right? If you think that you can't get rich off of some tokens, then you're absolutely right, right? And if we think that we're going to get rich off some tokens, we are absolutely 100% well, correct, right? It, 
It's all about your mind. It's all about your reality. If you believe that, then, then it is so, right? And, yeah. and you already know what we believe, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right. I, I think you're going to have multiple blockchains are going to be into the CBDC thing, right? You, you know, you got Quant in there. You got Chainlink doing their thing. You got Matic. Ethereum, right? It still needs to scale. It's doing its, all, it, its thing, right? We don't know in the end who's going to be the winner. I think we're going to have a handful of winners, right? At the end, you know, you have, and then you get all the ISO tokens, right? With HBAR, that could be the security layer, right? Um, and then Algorand with the layer one blockchain, it's super green. I mean, there's so many different things, but that's why we always talk about them, right? Because we talk about them because these are the different positions that we're taking. Because in the end, we don't know, but all we need is one or two of these to really take off and for us to hold into the future. And we're going to be set. And Johnny, the immediate, the first person I thought of when I was watching that video was Mark Yusko's tweet from yesterday. He said, who would oppose a truly global, completely transparent, inherently fail and incessantly monetary standard? Only those who lose the advantage positions created by an unfair and rigged system. And Bank of America is one of those companies that's able to benefit off of the rigged system. But guys, this right here, he addresses the word ripple within this video. So it's worth playing and then we'll close it out for today. Here we go. Yeah, let's hear it in a safe, verifiable, ability to do it, know your customer and get AML, take that down. That's a very valuable thing for us. And then you just ripple that through the industry. And we, we used to. And then to just ripple that through the industry. And it reminds me of the article we read in November, Johnny. Bank of America has confirmed they are currently working with Ripple, but they look forward to leveraging RippleNet for on-demand liquidity after this lawsuit. So Johnny Gonzo, I'm going to give you the chance to close it out. Why don't we start with Johnny? What do you think about this news? Yeah, well, did he say ripple it through or leverage ripple? Oh uh, no, he no, no, he said he said ripple, ripple through. He's just using oh. the word ripple. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so, it, it goes uh. back to your sub subconscious mind program, right? Me and Adam was talking about this for the show. We're around each other, and we pick, <clears throat> pick up certain verbiage and pick up information, and then we kind of regurgitate it. Happens with us and Coach all the time, right? So it's funny, like we were talking about what meetings is he in that he's hearing the word ripple and what ripple is doing. And then it becomes part of his vocabulary, right? Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, I thought it was a cool video. We were laughing. Me and I were laughing we yeah. before the show. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm not going to play too deep on the word ripple. I'm, I'm a realist here. So I like to wait for living proof before I speculate too much, but we'll see what happens at the end of the day. I still think this, I truly believe though, I will say, I'll leave you with this apps in the, in the group here. I do believe that there is a place for Ripple's technology. I believe it has solved a problem in the world. And whether or not the U.S. fully adopts it or not, I think you will find multiple countries out there that will use it. And it'll. I believe it'll find its place somewhere in the world. I don't know where yet, but I do believe they'll find themselves someplace having some utility, which will have some value in the future. And frankly, that's it. So I know everybody's sitting on 589 or 10,000 and they're hoping to get rich overnight. I'm not abs. If we get to five, 10 bucks, I'll be totally happy with it. I'm not sitting there looking for anything, you know, out of the world. If it gets there, great. But you don't want to, as, as Gonzo said below, have a plan. You need, and I already have a plan in my mind of what I'm hoping for, what I want it to get to. And if it gets there, great. And if not, well, I got a bunch of other horses in the race as well. But I do believe their technology solves a problem and it'll end up somewhere. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny. And thank you to the man waters above crypto himself. We got 386 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We went 15 minutes extra. I know Johnny Crypto loves that today. We'll see you guys soon. Yep. Warriors, bye. Get the chicken together, baby. Thank you for joining. Little bonus Let's go. Time. Little bonus <laughs> time. Let's go. Good job, guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.